0: If you really want to know then come on let's go take a stroll down those What's going on Mountaineer Nation Welcome into another edition of the Country Roads webcast, brought to you by Trio 4 Productions. We are the official podcast of Almost Heaven Athletics, found on the web at almostheavenathletics.com. Here today to finish our 2010-2019 to 2019 West Virginia football all-decade team by covering... The All Decade Offensive Team. Um, if you haven't checked it out already, go back. Definitely check out our All Decade Team. The Defense and Specialists um, side of the podcast decided to split it into two episodes, so not so as to not have the episode uh, run over. You know, sometimes our episodes tend to be a little long. Um, feel you know a lot of people like you know don't like to listen to such uh, long podcasts. So you know, try and give a good mix. Have some short episodes where we just you know talk some news and cover some. Things and then also you know have those episodes for people that do like those that have long drives. I know me personally, you know if I'm having a long drive, I like to turn on a podcast that I know that's 40 to 60 minutes, you know somewhere in there maybe a little over, and know that I can listen to the whole episode and by the time it's done, I've um, you know I've arrived at wherever I'm headed that day. So I try and like to mix that up, but I decided to you know split this up so as to not make it uh, so long and have it be. You know, one of the uh, shorter episodes, you know, 20, 30-minute range. So um, hopefully that's uh, good for you guys. Um, Going here to the offensive side of the All-Decade team, I want to talk a little bit about the format. As I've said before, um, you know, if somebody played from 2007 to 2010, they're not included on this All-Decade team just for the purposes of this experience. Uh, So you won't see guys like Jock Sanders, Chris Neal, Noel Devine, Uh, Robert Sands, you know, players like that on this all decade team um, just for that reason. I feel like if you played, you know, more than 50% of your career in the previous decade, then you're more categorized in that decade than. If for you to be included in this decade, I feel like it needs to be at least a 50-50 ratio, you know, two years in one decade and then two years in this decade. So, I, you know, that's kind of how I judge that. Um, other than that, not too many caveats. There isn't something I will address, but I will um, address that when we get to the running back position. Just kind of a, um, a singular caveat that I'll, we'll talk about then. But as far as the format for this, I went with two quarterbacks, one first-teamer and one second-teamer. Two running backs, one first-teamer, one second-teamer, two tight ends. and I went with a tight end fullback, just kind of a slash thing in between the two. Didn't want to split it between, you know, tight ends and fullbacks. So I just kind of said, you know, some guys may be considered more fullbacks, some may be considered more of a tight end. But in this decade, they kind of played the same role. For West Virginia, a lot of those guys. When you think about the players that you know that I'll talk about when we get there, so two tight end slash fullback players, uh, one first team, one one second team. Then I just went with six offensive linemen, and instead of having necessarily like first team, second team, like I've done for all these uh, positions here on the All Decade team, if you've been following along, I went with just a starting five. So five players that I felt could have been, you know, a starting. Starting offensive line in the decade, and then just a one reserve player that I felt like could definitely rotate in um, there at the offensive along the offensive line, and then of course finish it out with probably the one everyone's most looking forward to, kind of the position that had uh, the biggest jump of any other position from the prior decade to this one. And that's the receiver position where West Virginia really had a lot of guys put up big numbers uh, from 2010 and 2019. You know, the previous decade, West Virginia kind of ran the ball a little bit more. So this decade was a little bit more known for the past. So you got a lot of receivers that really could have got on this uh, spot, but I cut it off with four inside receivers, two first team guys, two second team guys and four outside receivers, two first team guys and two second team guys. So, That's how we're going to break down the offensive side of the All-Decade team here on the uh, podcast on the Country Roads webcast. Um, If you want to, uh, you know, if you haven't already, definitely go check out the defense and specialist episode of the All-Decade all decade team that I released um, a couple days ago on Wednesday so um, this is probably going to be coming out on Friday I believe when we're going to try and get this one out so um, if you haven't heard the defense and special teams definitely check that out to get the whole uh, team if you want to you know and as I've said on that podcast I'm going to say here on this one you know my list isn't the right list you know this is just my list you know kind of my opinion having watched you know basically every game from 2010 to 2019 as well as you know the research put in just kind of my opinion but I like to hear the opinions of Mountaineer Nation definitely of course too so you know if you don't like what I did if you do like what I did if you want to chime in on somebody you think should have been on um, definitely let us know Um, hopefully you know if we get enough responses on that we'll address that on its own uh, special edition of of the podcast Um, and you can definitely always do that by emailing us at um, almostheavenathletics at gmail.com is the email. You can shoot us one there. We'll read it on the podcast. Um, then you can always tag the podcast on Twitter at WVU Country Roads. Either one of those ways if you want to get in touch and, you know, if you have an opinion about the All-Decade team. Heck, if you, you know, come up with your own All-Decade team and shoot it over to us, you know, we'll you know read that on the show or something. You know, anything, anything you want to let us know, do that. Um, you can actually send us a message on Anchor, too. That's a feature there. So if you listen to the podcast on Anchor, um, you can uh, – do that as well but always um, email us almost7athletics at gmail.com or tag the podcast directly on twitter at wvu country roads either one of those are are great if you ever want to you know have a question you want us to answer on the show or have an opinion about this all decade team that um, we've released this week here on the country roads webcast but having said that let's get into it let's talk about the offensive all decade team for west virginia All right, so let's start things off with the quarterback position. Um, first team player, I think it's kind of hard to argue this one. Uh, Geno Smith, you know. Uh, however you feel about the guy, you know, I think that it's hard to argue that he really reset the record book for West Virginia as far as uh, passing wise. Uh, three-year starter, and during his three years really just lit up the scoreboard and you know rewrote the record books as far as uh, passing 11,662 yards and 98 touchdowns versus only 21 interceptions in his career. And I think we all – Will always fondly remember that beginning of the 2012 season where, you know, he was the presumptive Heisman winner, especially after he threw for 656 yards and eight touchdowns in that 70 to 63 win over Baylor, the first ever Big 12 game for West Virginia, and that was a crazy one, and that was a crazy start to the season for Geno. I think he threw over 20 touchdowns without an interception or something crazy like that in his. Um, completion percentage was ridiculous, you know, especially that beginning of the season. But even at the season's end, I think it still was the highest um, ever at West Virginia. So that's the first team quarterback. Second team quarterback. Ah, controversy already. Here we go. I can, I can feel uh, people really their reaction to this. I feel like I can preemptively feel how people are going to react uh, to my my pick here because it's a really just a polarizing figure for West Virginia football uh, this past decade. And, you know, for me, it's never been that way. I've been a fan of the guy since he committed. I remember uh, tweeting out, you know, his commit and putting it on Instagram when he committed because he was, uh, you know, one of the top junior college quarterbacks in the country. And uh, my second team quarterback, Skylar Howard, I know everyone's yelling, Will Greer? What about Will Greer? Oh my God, he left out Will Greer. Well, you know, I I did, I did. Um, I think Will Greer, you know, um, is probably in my lifetime. I think, you know, you can you can argue some guys, Mark Bolger, Geno Smith, but um, you know, as far as passer, that's he's that's probably the most gifted passer, the most talented passer I've seen, you know, come through. But if I'm talking all decade team, I'm talking my top two quarterbacks of the decade. I'm going Gino and I'm going Schuyler. Um, Gino, you know, obviously has the numbers to back it up. He had the longer career. Schuyler had a little bit longer career than Will, and, you know, that kind of factors into it, the fact that Will uh, didn't finish his first season, you know, second season, didn't, you know, play in the last game. That's not factoring in for me. I don't want to get into that bowl game crap. I don't, you know, people skip bowl games, whatever. You know, I'm not... Not don't really have an opinion on it one way or the other. But I'm just saying he didn't play near as much as uh, Skylar Howard did in the decade. Um, Skylar Howard's numbers, you know, a little bit better because of that. But, you know, if you think about it, Will Greer played, what, 14, 15, 16, 17 games, you know, something like that through his, uh, throughout his career. I feel like it's no more than 20, you know. I don't really want to take the time and count it right here on the podcast and bore everyone, but um, that's just kind of my factor that went into it. And then, of course, the big thing for me was Skylar Howard – led the only 10 win season for West Virginia in the big since they've been in the big 12 conference you know so one of the better seasons of this decade and he was at the helm of it and you know did some really good things in that season despite you know what people want to say and Skylar Howard you know uh top 10 all time passing yards maybe top five I think top five actually um in school history in passing yards so you know he's definitely got the numbers to back up uh his choice and um, you know, the 10 win season really does it for me. You can talk the Big 12 was down. You know, you can say whatever you want. But uh, the fact of the matter is, it's the only one West Virginia has had in the Big 12. So, I mean, that's gotta hold some weight when it's the only 10 win season you've had since joining the conference you know nearly a decade ago now at this point so um and you know Skyler's numbers 7302 passing yards 60 touchdowns versus only 24 interceptions and then of course you know Skyler was a good threat running the football as well 1105 rushing yards in his career to go with uh, 16 rushing touchdowns so there's the quarterbacks are we having fun yet All right, let's talk, switch it over, and let's talk uh, halfbacks here. Um, I went with just two halfbacks one first team guy, one second team guy. And uh, when we talk second-team guy, I'll talk about that caveat I was talking about. I guess I should have said uh, the same for quarterback, considering I didn't include Will Greer, and people are probably going to probably gonna get hate mail now, but, um, you know, especially going with Schuyler. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, you know, big fan of him. Got his jersey hanging in my closet, to be quite honest with you. Bought it, you know, before uh, 2016 season. Uh, one of my favorite jerseys. Got his name on the back and everything. You know, tough guy. A lot of heart. Love Schuyler. Still love Schuyler. Once a Mountaineer, always a Mountaineer. Um, halfback, first-teamer. Wendell Smallwood, um, hard to argue this one, I think. Best running back of the decade for West Virginia. You know, playing alongside Schuyler, uh, really racked up a, a lot of rushing yards. I think he had almost 1,500 yards um, that one year uh, before he left. And then, uh, you know, earlier part of his career, kind of used as a hybrid player, could go out in the slot. Uh, catch passes and then la- latter part of his career really just dominated as a running back and was a big reason West Virginia did get that ten win season. Also was you know just the rushing offense in general whether it was Howard or Smallwood or, or you know Shell whoever it was um, that rushing offense was tough and Smallwood was the was the head of it. Finishes in the West Virginia career with two thousand four hundred sixty two rushing yards, twelve rushing touchdowns and six hundred eighteen receiving yards. All right, now the second team running back. Here's what I'm gonna say. There's a player that's definitely deserving of this second-team spot probably more than the person that I give it to or, you know, probably any anyone else as well, a guy that had over 1,000 rushing yards in both his seasons as a Mountaineer, a guy that ran for over 330 yards in a game. But um, for reasons that, you know, after his West Virginia career, if, if you haven't, you know, following the guy that I'm talking about, I'm not going to mention his name on the podcast just, just because – of this that's kind of how bad you know what happened after his West Virginia career was so I'm definitely not going to get into it but uh, just kind of because of that it kind of taints that you know experience you know I know that's after the fact but you know I don't really want to you know mention the guy on the podcast because because of that that's you know it's kind of sad to say you know because he was a great player during his career but If you can figure it out, I'm sure you know who I'm talking about. If you don't know, uh, Google the guy... you know, and uh, you'll find out. But uh, my second team running back, for that reason, goes to Charles Sims. Um, you know, 2013 was a really down year for West Virginia. But, you know, that was the 4-8 and eight season. But um, he was basically the lone bright spot on that offense, it seemed like. Uh, the team never really could find a quarterback till they found Clinton Trickett. Late, finally started to, you know, come on a little bit before going into 2014 when he really had – um, solid year but you know 2013 that was lacking and charles sims was you know almost the only source of offense that year he had over a thousand rushing yards um 1095 rushing yards 11 touchdowns to go along with over 400 yards receiving and i think that he had uh three uh, receiving touchdowns and he had almost you know 50 catches as well so he was really the centerpiece of that offense so getting the second team spot on the uh all decade offensive team And then now uh, let's go ahead and talk about the tight end slash fullback position. And I went with two players there as well. Uh, First-team player, I went with Trevon Wesco. I think Trevon Wesco, what he did um, in his senior year once he finally, you know, they decided to start utilizing him more, you know, second half of the season. I think if – He would have got the utilization that he did in the second half of the season during the first half. He would have really had monster numbers uh, during that final year. But, you know, also was great as a blocker in his junior and senior years. You know, even before that as well, you know, as soon as he started getting playing time, made an impact as a blocker, and that continued throughout his career. And then really – in the receiving game flourished with, with Will Greer, but finished with seven, 373 receiving yards and two touchdowns. And then the second team guy, um, you know, there's a couple guys I considered here. Eli Wellman was a guy I considered here. Um, almost went with, but I, you know, uh, even earlier part of the decade, a guy like Tyler Urban, I think, that you could go with him here. But I decided to go with Cody Clay. I feel like Cody Clay was very um, underrated for what he did for Western News' run game in the early years um, of Dana Holgerson and the early years of the Big 12. Uh, once they figured out that he could you know, kind of play a fullback, just a lead blocking role, whether it was out of the backfield or however you wanted to utilize him, it really opened up that offense. And that's why that offense put up a lot of the numbers that it did because it could run the ball as well with in a smash mouth style with Cody Clay there and um, he also you know made some plays in the re- in you know the receiving game as well um, three career touchdowns so he even had more and more touchdown than Wesco even though you think of Wesco is you know more much more receiver than Cody Clay but Cody Clay 175 receiving yards and three touchdowns so he'll get the second um, team spot there as the tight end fullback position on the offensive all-decade team and then now let's talk about the hog mollies let's talk about the big guys up front the offensive linemen uh, you know I think that there, you know, you could have easily went 10 long on this and or, you know, 11 long if you wanted to have, a, you know, a first starting five, a second starting five and a reserve guy. What I did was I just went and instead of doing, you know, first team, second team whatsoever, I picked six offensive linemen. I picked five guys that I felt like could be a starting offensive lineman for the decade and then one uh, reserve player to kind of rotate in there. So as far as the uh, starting five, I went with Yodnicka Just at the left tackle spot Quentin Spain at the left guard spot, Tyler Orlowski at the center, Don Barclay at right guard, and then Colton McKivitz at right tackle. I think that those are pretty much the five uh, best offensive linemen of the decade, in my opinion. And then the rotational player, I went with Mark Lewinsky, a guy that came in as a junior college guy and really made an impact, and you know also one of the... Uh, more underrated players of the decade. But I think there's some more names you could have used as a rotational player. You know, rotating, uh, for Glowinski, some other guys that you could have included there, definitely. Um, you know, just cutting it off at six, you definitely left some leave some guys off there at offensive line, but don't want to drag this out, you know, too too long, and um, you know, want to get to the juicy stuff here as we talk about the receivers. Um, altogether, it's eight receivers, but I split it outside and inside because for the most part in this, this decade from 2010 to 2019, that's kind of how West Virginia categorized their wide receivers was, you know, inside receiver, outside receiver. So we'll start with the inside receivers. Four of those, two first teamers, two second teamers. My two first team um, inside receivers, um, of course, Tavon Austin. No argument there. And then I went with Gary Jennings as my other first team. I think the guy that I have, as you know, on my second team, I think you could argue him here. But I went Gary Jennings. I felt like he was just really vital to West Virginia's uh, success that they had um, in the latter part of the decade there with what he did, you know, in, in clutch situations for West Virginia. And, and you, know, count, you know, name the game. You can probably think of Gary Jennings making an important catch in, in a West Virginia win, you know, during his career and then of course Tavon Austin as I said you know I mentioned it a little bit on the defensive uh, podcast if you checked it out where he got a spot as a return man you know maybe you know arguably one of the best players in school history you know people say he may be the best as far as you know talent and skill wise um for me I think it's hard to ever put anybody above Pat White I think you know Major Harris is up there but I think Tavon Austin is a guy that you can definitely put in that conversation and you can have a decent argument um So, you know, Tavon, in his West Virginia career, 1,033 rushing yards, six rushing touchdowns. We all remember the game against Oklahoma where he went wild running the football, the one game. He played running back in his career, you know, came to West Virginia as a running back, ended up playing receiver. But just looking at that game, you, you even stop and think, what if this guy played running back his entire career? You know, it's he was that type of player. I feel like whatever position he played, he would have been a, a star at. And, then you know, that's kind of how his career went. And then receiving, of course, 3,413 receiving yards and 29 touchdowns. And of course, you know you can add in the uh, numbers in the return game as well. Just a special, you know, once in, not only once in a decade player, but once in a generation player, really. And then Gary Jennings, um, the other guy on my first team, an inside receiver. As I said, you know the the catch against Texas, of course, comes to mind. But you know you can think of even many third down plays, and Gary Jennings just seemed to always make the tough catch that he needed to force you to get a first down as well in games, and um, just an, just an important player. Uh, two thousand two hundred ninety four receiving yards and seventeen touchdowns. And then for my second team at the inside receiver spot, I went with uh, De'Kill Shorts. And that's kind of the guy that I felt like, you know, maybe some people would put in that first team over Gary Jennings at inside receiver even. And so, um, you know, Dekeel Shorts was a guy that kind of fulfilled that same role I was talking about with Gary Jennings, you know, with important third down catches and things like that and, you know, touchdowns. You know, when you need them in the red zone or or what have you, I think that DeKill Shorts filled that role, you know, before Jennings even did. And Jennings, I think, did what DeKill Shorts did, but even better because uh, Jennings was more explosive. Not only could he give you that, but he also could make a big, you know, explosive play for you as well down the field, which DeKill Shorts was more of a possession guy in in my eyes. And so DeKill Shorts on my second team, 2,263 receiving yards, 14 touchdowns. And then the other spot on my uh, second team, I kind of struggled with. Because I felt like there was some there's definitely some guys that played outside receiver that I would have rather put on the all decade team than the person that I have here, but because of the way I split it up inside receiver and outside receiver, I really tried to stay true to that as to guys that you know only played inside receiver on my list at inside receiver. You know, and because of that, you know, there's some guys that you'll see once we get through this that's like, he's not even on your list at receiver, and you got this guy on there. You know, I do because he was definitely a true inside receiver and, you know, basically a four-year starter at the position for West Virginia. And that's Jordan Thompson, 1,370 yards and two touchdowns during his career. You know, he was kind of the guy that every spring you heard, he's going to break out, he's going to break out. And he never really had that year when he just exploded, but he was, you know, kind of a consistently reliable player throughout his career at that inside receiver. Spot, You know, kind of the first inside receiver uh, that not named Tavon Austin in uh, Dana Hogerson's West Virginia career, four-year player that, you know, contributed a lot during during his career here, so gets the second team spot at inside receiver. Then let's go on the outside. Um, outside receivers, I went with four of these as well. Um, two first-teamers. Um, number one, I think, is a uh, dead giveaway, of course, Stedman Bailey. Um, you know, much like I said, Tavon Austin, you know, one of the best players in, in school history. Stevan Bailey, maybe the best receiver in school history. You know, there's argument for that as well. But Stephen Bailey, just to have those two guys playing together was really special for West Virginia. Because those are two, you know, once in a decade player, and they were on the same same team, really. And Stephen Bailey... 3,218 receiving yards, 41 touchdowns, 25 of those in his uh, final year, his junior season there, where he should have won the Blitnikoff. Uh, we all know he got robbed. We all know that that award should have been his. And, you know, I'll always contest that. This guy had 25 touchdowns and didn't win the Blitnikoff, and that's just crazy to me to steal. Even thinking about it today still still crazy to me. And then the other other first team outside receiver I've got is Kevin White, um, a guy that also had was a Blitnikov finalist. In his final year at West Virginia really broke out in that final year after, you know, showing um, talent in spots during his junior year coming from junior college. Really broke out in that senior year. During that senior year, he had 14-47, uh, 10 touchdowns. And then, you know, for his career, you see nineteen fifty-four in yards and 15 touchdowns. So, you know, a good chunk of his career. Uh, career yardage portion was just that final year where he absolutely exploded nearly 1500 receiving yards so um he gets the other spot as my first team outside receiver and then i think uh second team got to go david seals of course um you know 2097 yards but 35 touchdowns is what is impressive you know Stephen bailey's a guy that you know we thought of you know getting the end zone a lot and he had 41 touchdowns you know in a three-year career while david Sills had his uh 35 in basically two years i think he caught Two touchdowns, other than that, you know, in that one year that he was at West Virginia, early in his career before he went to JUCO, played quarterback, and then came back, and that's when he really established himself as one of the better receivers in the country, doing what Stedman Bailey did also in leading the nation in receiving touchdowns in, 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 in a single season when he did that in 2017. So, um, you know, he gets the spot there at second team. You know, some people may argue that he, you know, is a first-team guy, but I think the fact that he never had a 1,000 receiving yards in a season uh, really just kind of drops him below Kevin White to me. I think Kevin White was more of a dominant player where you saw Seals have some games where he was taken out of it. I don't think you really, uh, rarely ever saw that uh, in Kevin White's senior season. So it was Kevin White and Stephen Bailey on the first team, David Seals and Drumroll, Shelton Gibson on the second team. Uh, Mario Alford, obviously is a guy you're like you don't have him on the all-decade team receiver. I don't. Um, you know, just because I split it up outside, inside receivers, I think you know you can make a you can make argument for him here. But I think if you're looking at the full career, Shelton Gibson uh, just uh, did a little bit more. Uh, during his whole time here, but Mario Alford was definitely one of my favorite players. I was a big fan of him during the time with Kevin White because, you know, I felt like he was underrated and uh, really was, you know, I, I loved that guy's speed. I think that he's one of the fastest players we've ever had. And, no, you know, I hate leaving him off this all-decade team, but I got him on there a Return Man at least just to kind of fill that void in, you know, so I can say he is on the all-decade team here for me from 2010 to 2019. But at receiver on the second team with David Seals is uh, Shelton Gibson, an outside receiver. You know, awesome deep threat, just you know, really could take the top off any defense, and you couldn't hardly overthrow the guy. Him and Skyler Howard had a great connection with one another on those deep balls. Uh, always seemed to hit him in stride, and you know, no matter how far he threw it, you know, how much air Skyler put in the ball, Shelton would uh, run it down, and you know. Even made some impressive catches. You know, I think of the one in Kansas State really sparked us to that win when he got his helmet ripped off, still made the catch. Um, you know, he was just a, a, you know another guy that was kind of un- underrated if you think about the decade as a whole. But that's just because of the talent that West Virginia had at receiver during this decade. But definitely uh, gets a spot on the all-decade team still yet. Second team guy, um, 1,898 receiving yards and 17 touchdowns. So, there you have it, Mountaineer Nation. That is the all-decade team here on the country roads webcast um that's the offensive side defensive specialist side hopefully you've heard it already if not go check it out complete the all-decade team um you know let me know what you think of the all-decade team that uh i've uh, created here uh, as a whole and um, you know who, who do you think i definitely should have had on there and who do you think i definitely should should have not had on there or you know, if you have, maybe if you, maybe you came up with your own all-decade team. I don't know. I don't know what you do in your free time. Maybe maybe that's what you did. Once you heard that, she was like, "Oh, that's a good idea. I want to do that." You know, you only do it once every ten years. That's kind of how how I did it. You know, I was just like, "Man, it's a decade. What can I do?" You know, decade of Mountaineer football, and you know, so you know, all-decade team. So you know, it's it, it's it's a fun experience. Definitely time-consuming. Uh, took some time to put together, but. uh hopefully you guys enjoy it, and I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts, you know, so email those to us if you'd like, athletics at gmail.com. We'll address those emails on the podcast, as we'll always address any questions you want us to answer on the podcast there, if you'd like to email us there, or always just, you know, tag the podcast directly on Twitter at WVU Country Roads. This is the Country Roads webcast, brought to you by Trio Four Productions, the official podcast of Almost Heaven Athletics, found on the web at almostheavenathletics.com. Um, find us on any podcast platform you like apple podcast google podcast stitcher spotify Podcast wherever you take in your podcast you can you can find us right there so uh, just search country roads webcast subscribe to us and you know share us as we continue to try and grow through mountaineer nation um hope you've enjoyed this you know all decade team here from the country roads webcast and um, love to hear your guys thoughts as well um, send those in via the email almost7athletics at gmail.com or you know, tag us directly on Twitter, as I said, at WVU Country Roads. Whichever way is easier for you, You know, just uh, contact us. You can even send us a message on Anchor there if you listen to the podcast on Anchor. Send us a message on there if you'd like. You know, We'll address those on the podcast uh, moving forward. Um, hopefully you guys uh, have enjoyed this all-decade team edition of the Country Roads webcast. As the off-season progresses, i uh, give you more updates on Mountaineer football news here on the Mountaineer football side of the Country Roads webcast. Thank you guys for tuning in. As always, I'm your host, Jordan Cruz. And until next time, let's go, hey, Mountaineers. Hey,